This is The Spot, a BYU-Idaho radio production where we talk about what you're talking about at BYU-Idaho. Today's hosts are me, Savannah Bewley, Noah Farley, Nathan Anderson, and Caitlin Tippett. The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU-Idaho radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. Today we've got some advice for you on penny pinching and of course all college students need to know how to penny pinch because it's crazy affording a world as a college student. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So as far as budgeting goes, I've learned a little bit over the years. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an expert at budgeting, but I do know that if you take your time throughout the week that um, and like actually have a day of the week that you like focus on how much money you have and what you have to spend and what you can put in your savings, that helps tremendously with organization. Uh, any initial tips, guys? Yeah, I'd say just off the bat that like the the importance of budgeting is like the fact, at least in college, is that it sets a pattern for life. You're cha- you're 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 making basically this this I guess schematic for the way you're going to live for the rest of your life. The patterns that you set right now, while they might not seem like they're going to be permanent because you're not living like a permanent lifestyle, right? Like you're not going to stay at college forever, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but like you know that that's this is the pattern of what you're you're setting at least right now. I know that one of the biggest effects that. Uh, or one of the biggest issues that happens in divorce, right, is handling money, how it's mm-hmm. handled, how it's budgeted, and disagreements about that. If you don't even have a plan for that, you don't even know what you're like. You, it's like it's like uh, it's like getting into a relationship without knowing what your what your taste is or what anything like that. You don't have any favorites. You don't have any spe- like specifics or uh, you know uh, preferences. So yeah, it's good to start right now. What do you care about? And it'll set a pattern for life. And see, as college students, it's super hard for us to, like, prioritize, right? Um, at least, I'm, I mean, I'm, for me, I'm speaking for me, at least. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of other college students I've seen around campus are like, hey, I got my refund. Let's go get $2,000 worth of stuff, right? <laughs> and so I guess it's super important for us to, like, really pay attention to the things that we're spending, especially as college students, because we need to be able to afford our ramen at the end of the day. And if we can't <laughs> afford ramen, that's a problem, right? Yeah, that's big. That's, that's big. <laughs> we need to at least eat something. Um, and so uh, keeping that budget in line is super, super important for college students. What do you think, Caitlin? Why is it important for college students specifically? Um, I think one thing that makes it really important is this is like a really pivotal time of uh, even financially, right? There's a lot of penny pinching that happens as a college student. And um, knowing your values, like Nathan said, is really important. But also, like, I think, like, this is a time, like, it can be really easy to get into debt as well. And so knowing where your money is going, knowing how much you have and and what kind of your values are can really help you get the most value out of the money you do have. And so I think budgeting is really pivotal just because it sets, like he said, the, like Nathan said, the tone for, you know, later in life. And um, and it and it keeps you from, you know, falling into pits that you don't even realize are happening. Absolutely. Um, because if you, just knowing where your money's going, knowing how much you have is really important. And I know like sometimes budgeting can be really rough with certain jobs because it's like, it might not be like that steady income that like, full-time jobs might have and so you might not have like a consistent income and so sometimes it can be more difficult like having a consistent budget as well but if you at least start tracking the numbers and knowing where your money is going and knowing how much you have you can keep from going in the red and keep from 
um, falling into things without realizing you're falling into them like debt or or even just like sometimes you might be putting more money into something than you really need to, whether that's clothes or even food or activities or things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can find that, oh, I actually have more than I thought and I can go and do activities and things that I've been telling myself I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, it makes me think of that one story from General Conference, the guy who went on the cruise and he like budgets really hardcore, right? And oh, he just yeah. like, he didn't enjoy any of the activities on the cruise because he thought he like just saved enough for just the cruise experience and just lived off like crackers or something. Mm-hmm. And then last day finds out that he had already paid for all the activities. It was like and part of the And he could have done thing. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get that totally because like college students, a lot of us are living off of our refund, right? Some of us aren't working while we're at class. And so those fun things that come throughout the throughout the semester, which happens a lot, we have so many different things and fun things to do on campus and outside of campus and we've got lots of new friends and we're all doing new things, right? And those fun things can really make or break your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and one piece of advice I would like to say is when you're doing your budget, budget some funds yeah. for those fun things. Because if you don't, it's just going to it's gonna mess up. Because everybody's got to do something fun. Mm-hmm. And it usually costs at least a couple bucks, you know, at least 10 to $20 sometimes. And so if, if you don't have that in your budget, then you're already making it hard on yourself. Yeah. And you'll just go over because that is still a need of that social activity or different things. It and is. So if you don't have anything put aside from that, you just naturally, you know, you're going to have friends. that are like, hey, let's go do this thing. And yeah, and it could be really easy to go over those lines. So what are some ways that you guys have been able to like save money with all of the chaos going on with school and work and all of that? How have you been able to save? Well, immediately I could think of FAFSA. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of the greatest government benefits one student can take advantage of. If you don't know what FAFSA is, you should look it up right now. Like, that is the first thing you should do, uh, if you, especially if you're a little older, uh, especially if you have a rough situation economically right now with your family. Maybe it's the first time you've ever had an issue economically with your family. Uh, look that up. It is the way that students can afford to pay for college right now. Uh, essentially, if you're you know going to school full time, uh, FAFSA gives you the resources that you need to survive. That's like the first, just out the gate, that's where I want to start. If you're like a struggling student, look that up. <laughs> Especially, even if you're married. In, in fact, more so if you're married, because you, I'm pretty sure you get more benefits if you're married, or if, especially if you have a child. I agree with that. And also with FAFSA, scholarships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BYU-Idaho actually has like a scholarship thing. You can go onto the website, and there's a whole like one sheet that you can fill out that's like... A, applying to many, many different scholarships all at once. And all you have to do is go to BYU-Idaho's website and look that sheet up and then fill it out. And then you're filling it out for so many different scholarships. And then, of course, some scholarships people don't even apply for. And so you just get it because nobody else applied for it, right? (laughs) Um, You know, it's just if you don't try, you're not going to get scholarships. And that really makes a difference uh, every single semester when you're getting a scholarship because you don't have to take those loans you don't have to take debt, which is super, super important as college students. Have you done anything, Noah, with helping yourself save money? Hmm. I guess the main thing is um, thinking about how certain things will benefit you. You need to weigh in how necessary something is. Food, top of the list, right? Things like those. But, you know, fun things, those are for the sometimes things. I feel like, like uh, you guys were talking about earlier how... 
Here at college, it's a p- very pivotal time, and um, we need to get our head on straight at that time. I feel like a lot of college students, we tend to prioritize fun and entertainment above all else. <laughs> There's a book called uh, Entertaining Ourselves to Death. And that immediately reminded me of that. <laughs> we're, we're like not even caring about food, survival. It's about fun first. And that's a very, you know, immature way of thinking. But it's the way you start, right? I think that's uh, how you mature, right? So some of the things that like help me when it comes to the things that cause me to have issues with saving, a couple of things that I struggle with is when I go shopping, I'm like, oh, I want all these snacks. Like, I want all of these snacks. And I'm going down all the aisles, and I'm like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this. So something that's really helped me with that is I make a list. And I put snacks on there, but I only put, like, one slot for snacks. And if I get one piece of snack or, like, one thing of snacks, then I check it off, and then I can't get any more snacks. Um, And that helps me a lot when I'm shopping because then I have a budget for it, and I have a list for it, and I can't excuse myself to get anything else. There's no excuses, right? <laughs> yeah, the budget kind of aligns yourself with, like, your main goals, right? Like, you have these main goals in life. Your budget should be helping you, like, reach those or, like, helping you plan to meet those needs. Like, you could even say that going into debt, like, getting a loan out, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right, all the time. But if you're getting a loan out out of desperation, that is the last thing you want to do. So if you've planned on getting a loan out because you have a specific goal and a specific path, I mean, that's why most, that's how most people get through college. They go through, they get law degrees at, you know, these heart, like Harvard or something like that. They go into debt knowingly. Okay. But it's with a plan, a goal in mind that they're going to meet this need, this, mm-hmm. this, yeah, end goal, point. Absolutely. And I love that you bring that up, Nathan, because uh, loans, they're not necessary. I mean, they're, they're bad, but they're, you know, sometimes you need them. Yeah. In your life. Um, for example, I know a lot of college students, if they don't have cars, will get a loan to get a car, but they'll get a loan through the school, school loan, because school loans are cheaper than getting a loan outside of that. Like the, you know, the rate of mm-hmm. which you the interest, the interest. Yeah. The interest you get on the loan is a lot cheaper for school loans than it is others. And so Ooh, some people yeah. will wait to get their cars during college so that they can you know, use a school loan for that. And so that's a smart way of using your school loans. I'm not saying school loans are the best, (laughs) but it is something to to consider if you're going to try to get a car and you can't afford a car outside of that. Um, And so it is something to think about. So if you don't want to take out loans and you do need to figure out how to make some money, Chandler actually got to talk to a few of his buddies, Taylor and Amanda. They had a few things to say about that. So I'm here today with Taylor and Amanda, two of my FHE sisters, some of my best friends. So we're going to talk about penny pinching. Guys, what has been one of the best ways you've seen to save money here at college? Um, I think one of the best ways to spend, or not spend, save money is uh, planning your meals before you go, like, buy food. Um, We did this thing where we all planned out dinners together as roommates, and then we split the grocery bill. I mean, not a lot of people can do that, but like it worked for us and we saved like probably $60 a week each person. So that makes a big difference if you have people that you can like try to plan something out with. That makes sense. How about you? Uh, One of the ways that uh, we save money is also by looking at the, getting the brand stuff and not like the actual known stuff. Like when I go to Walmart, I always get the great value brand instead of the um, most common brand because it's normally more expensive and I save like at least 50 cents. It's true. 
Every little bit counts, right? Yeah. Every little bit counts, I swear. Um, what advice would you come to, give to an incoming freshman who's never been in college before and we just got off their mission or is just coming back after graduating high school? Um, what would you give them advice-wise for getting the biggest bang for their buck? Um, if and when you do go out to eat, always be sure to download the apps for the fast food prices because you can get deals at really good prices and save yourself like five bucks. You can get free fries from McDonald's and yeah, you won't even have to pay from anything. Um, one thing I would say is that the college offers like a lot of free things and you kind of need to be aware of that is really helpful and you can just like go get pizza or something like if you go listen to an info session i think that's one cool thing about being a college student is that they have all those things okay have you guys seen any best ways to make money here on campus or around town i think (laughs) i mean yeah a lot of people donate plasma here uh other than that <laughs> Always get a job. Yeah, no duty of your apartments offer to pay people to shovel snow out of the sidewalk and stuff. That's one thing I didn't know. Interesting. Is that something you're looking into? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's like ten dollars an hour. So yeah. Yeah. So I like one of the pieces of advice they were talking about with shopping. Um, they mm-hmm. were talking about getting the great value brand or the store's brand. Um, I think that's super important when you're going shopping is to find the best deal. And for me, not only just getting that brand, but I take it a step further. I don't know if you know this. I I know some people don't. You can look at the price per ounce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, huge. And it's huge because you could get the cheapest bag of, you know, chips. And I say that in quotations. You can't see me doing that. But <laughs> cheapest bag of chips, which is like a dollar fifty. But if you look at how much it is per ounce, you're actually paying more money than if you were to get the family size bag of chips. Um, which, yes, it would suck first off. Like that first, you're going to be paying that five dollars for the chips, right? But those chips will last you three weeks instead of one week, right? So it just makes a huge difference. If you don't know where that is. If you look where like all the prices are, right, on the little price tag in the top right corner, there's usually a smaller little price, uh, a couple cents usually is what it is, anywhere between 10 cents and, you know, 50 Mm -hmm. cents, somewhere in there. That's the price per ounce. And that will help you see what is the cheapest per ounce. That helps immensely. And it's usually like the red square, at least at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Red, orange, I think I've seen before. Um, but yeah, it's just a tiny little square in the top right of the price tag. And that helps so much when you're paying attention to that. Yeah. And I think like going along with brands, knowing where you're shopping at too, right? Like certain stores are going to be, uh, more for certain products or, um, like for example, if you're looking at the difference between Brawlums and Walmart, you know, depending if you have like an, uh, account with Brawlums or not, you know, those are going to, that's going to affect how much things are and whether you want to invest as much at that store versus, you know, Walmart or other grocery stores. And so knowing like just kind of the price differences and, and membership differences can be really huge. And you brought up a different point too, Caitlin, is making sure that you know what best deals are where, mm-hmm. because Brolum's has better produce than yeah. Walmart. Um, and so if you go to Brolum's for your produce, 
you could save some money and get better quality produce. And especially with avocados, by the way, because mm-hmm. I always try to get avocados at Walmart. They're always super hard because everybody's already gotten, you know, the best Good avocados, stuff, yeah. right? Um, so if you go to Brolum's, they actually have really nice ripe avocados almost every day. Wow. So um, that's a great place to get avocados and get, get produce in general. They also have a huge section of fancy cheeses, by the way, mm-hmm. which aren't as expensive as you think. There are definitely some that are very expensive, but um, there are definitely, you know, other ones that are, are fun to try. Mm-hmm. There's, there was, I think, my boyfriend and I got some, I think it was brie the other day. Oh, cool. um, it was just a wheel of brie for like seven bucks. Which is wow. not too bad, and it was really good. That's big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and 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 that was really good. It was a fun snack, and it wasn't out of our budget, you know. And we were able to afford it, so that was that was a fun thing. So if you want fancy cheeses or something different <laughs> or nice produce, go to Brolum's. Whereas if you want to save as much money as possible when it comes to you know the noodles and the things that you need to get for dinner, go to Walmart. And it's okay to plan to go to both. Mm-hmm. To save the much as much money as possible because that's super important when it comes to budgeting, finding the place that gives you the best deals. Yeah, I really also like how they brought up like meal planning ahead of time, which we kind of had slightly touched on before, but just that can be really huge and keep you from, you know, making those purchases of like, oh, well, this sounds good and this sounds good um, and just kind of focus your list of groceries and focus like what exactly. you're what you're paying for and get the most out of what you're paying for, right? Instead of paying $20 on, you know, those snack foods or those things that you really like, you're spending the $20 on meals and things that can last. And meals last. are better for you than yeah. snacks, you know, like even even spaghetti. I know spaghetti's like a bunch of carbs, right? But that's <laughs> a lot better for you than eating zebra cakes, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and just ramen, you know? Yeah. Um, and so if you plan out the meals, like Caitlin was saying, and have, you know, hey, we want spaghetti, we want beef stroganoff, we want this for the week. Then you don't have to stress about, hey, what dinners do I want while I'm at Walmart running around with everybody else who's at Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. It makes a huge, huge difference. Um, That was something they brought up about sharing with their roommates, which I thought that was cool. If you can do that, if you get along well with your roommates, then totally do that. Pull your grocery money in because if you guys can do that and you can just share food, um, it can save you a lot of money, especially like what we were saying with those bulk items. If you're all eating the same things, you don't have to stress so much about the space that you have in your fridge um, because it's all your all food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that very important. I was going to add to that that it, like that pooling aspect is the like kind of important part there, the key element. You, in my opinion, it's actually cheaper if you're only shopping for yourself. Sometimes you you. You do buy the less optimal thing, the more expensive thing, the more the mm-hmm. less efficient price because your food goes bad. If yeah. you buy the stuff that's like the cheapest, like in the ounce, because I always go off the ounce thing. I'm mm-hmm. always looking at those ounces on the on the little tags, right? It's never like efficient for me. In fact, I waste money buying like in bulk because I'm one guy. But mm-hmm. if you are, you know, cooking with and eating with another person or two other people, you can make you can save so much money. First, because you're not the only one buying the food, but also because you never waste anything. Exactly. Exactly. And also, a lot of people are, like, worried about the space they have. And if you're sharing food, you're all sharing the same space, um, and and all of that food is yours, right? And so you don't have to worry about, hey, if I buy 24 pack of eggs, 
Uh, is it going to go to waste? No, it's not because everybody's eating them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a great point, Nathan. Like yeah. if people are, if everybody's eating the same things and you're sharing, those bulk items don't go to waste. And if you're single, you'd be surprised at how cheap going off the little, you know, food restaurant apps can make being single. Like eating yeah. off of McDonald's can actually be cheaper as a single person. It's not it's not cheaper as a family, let me tell you. Yeah. You're not going to want to be going to McDonald's as a family. But if you're a single individual, you'd be surprised at how much you actually like the price difference is not that great uh, when it comes to like cooking your own food versus going out to eat. Yeah. Um, of course, Depending. If you, I mean, yeah, if you're going to Applebee's, I don't know about that. But like yeah. if you're going to McDonald's, like the cheapest of the cheap, you're actually saving money if you look at the grand macros. Now, you're not eating healthy. I think that healthiest way to live, though, is with other people kind of pooling resources. That's probably your healthiest option. Yeah. And and if uh, if you remember in the interview, she did mention the the apps that you can get for eating out. And definitely, I would say McDonald's has all the coolest little deals you can get. There's, you know, Friday, every single Friday, if you didn't know this and you have the McDonald's app, every single Friday you can get a free large fry every Friday. And that's $4, right? Three fifty, something like that. So you can save that money. And that's that's a whole meal. A large fry from McDonald's, that's great. And and really, if you really want to, you can get a soda there too, which, by the way, I love the Coke from McDonald's. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's it, that's still only a dollar. That's a dollar meal, which is pretty cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so every Friday you can do that. You can get away with that. Also, McDonald's, if you take that receipt that you get from McDonald's and you fill out the little um, form on the bottom and, like, give them, like, a review – They'll give you a free McChicken sandwich for the next time you come in. And so not only are you getting free fries, you're also getting a free McChicken sandwich. So that's two meals, not just one. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going in on a Friday. So keep that in mind. Those those apps for the um for the different fast food restaurants can really help you save a buck or two. I would say like a word of caution with pooling resources for meals and stuff is just making sure you really have that open communication with that and that you're kind of keeping track, like that you are really getting the benefit out of it, right? There's not like someone freeloading in the group or Mm -hmm. someone who's maybe eating a lot more than maybe you are or everyone else is. And so you're not getting as much as you would like, right? So I think keeping an eye on those things, if you decide to pull resources, I think it can be really beneficial, but just making sure that it's, it is being beneficial for you. And if it's not, then to communicate that with the group. And either adjust or maybe find that it's just cheaper in the long run or better for relationships if you split up. But yeah, it's I gotta agree be a real that. yeah, it's gotta be like a real plan, plan, mm-hmm. right? It can't be just like, you know, halfway through, right? Have a meeting and talk about it instead of just like, hey, let's Here's go shopping. Money. Here's my money. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. I've I've done this before with some of my roommates and it didn't turn out the best. Um, because one of my roommates, she didn't want to be a part of it, which was totally fine. But then I would be making dinners for everybody, and then she would eat the dinners too, and not be paying Mm-mm. for the oh. food. Um, and so, and it, I mean, I get why she was doing that because I was making dinner for everyone, right? But at the same time, after a certain amount of time, she wasn't paying for the stuff that we were making, and and everybody else was. Um, and so that's something to consider if you're seeing something like that to mention it to that person. Um, even if you just feel like you need to take it to the side and then talk to them about it. But yeah, like Caitlin was saying, if you can all trust each other and you can be open, open communication, have open communication with everybody, then it really makes a huge difference. 
I, I feel like there were, when I was thinking about pen and pinching, there was a few principles that I thought of that I was noticing throughout my notes that I was thinking about, like when it comes to like how we save money. Money is about investing your time, really. If you get down to like the Nick Grit, if you think about how you got the money, you invested your time a certain way to get that money. Mm-hmm. So all of your money is essentially like an investment in time. And I would say that when something's more expensive, or when something is nicer, or someone's pre-prepared for you, like at a restaurant, you're paying something called a convenience tax. And the convenience tax is essentially, I could grow my own garden, and I could brew my own, like I could make my own everything, make roll my own bread, roll my own dough. I could do all of that, and technically it might be cheaper if I had the time to do that. But mm-hmm. I'm paying for the time somebody else did to make that happen for me. And really, if I mean, we're being realistic, you're at college, okay? You don't have a garden. You don't have a brewery. You don't have like any like great place to make your sourdough. <laughs> I mean, actually, maybe you could make sourdough bread. It's not that hard to start. You can make a starter. Yeah, yeah. It just takes time. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, right? Everything is a time investment, and so the, the the mentality that I would suggest, I guess, principally looking into saving money has to be look at every expense of time and money as an investment. It's going towards something, which will help you with, for example, like earlier we said about getting loans, that is an investment for a future cost. You're, you're actually going to be saving in the long term if you're investing in things you're actually interested in. Uh, what people who are not in control of money end up doing is they're, at the, they're basically at the mercy of, what of their paycheck. But if you are in control of your paycheck, it's because you know exactly where all the money is going. If you know where every dollar of yours is going to go, that's you planning. That's you having a plan. Uh, one of the things that we talked about, right, going to the groceries and planning before you go, part of planning is looking at your last receipt and yeah, looking mm-hmm. at what you liked and what you didn't like, what yeah. you wanted to buy again, what you didn't want to buy again. If we wanted to be nitpicky, this is penny pitching, right? We're, we're talking about penny pitching. Look at everything you bought this week and was it worth it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do it again? Was it, well, it, it, is the investment worth the, the cost? You have to do that. If you're not doing that, I don't think there's really that much of a point in planning your meals because, like, essentially you're just doing damage control. You need to be in control of your life when you're penny pinching, in my opinion. I feel like that's the most happy way you can live. Because in that world, you can pay for fun things. I agree. I agree. And also, if you're looking at your old receipts and what you ate, uh, say you're somebody who really likes Hamburger Helper, which I know some people that really do that. They live off of it, right? And so if you... If you had like four different meals with that hamburger and you decided to get four individual packs of hamburger because you were, you know, planning for specific meals, right? That's not going to save you money. But you could get that big giant thing of hamburger that's like seven pounds of hamburger and then split it up by yourself and then freeze it. And you can still, you can save a lot of money by doing that and being aware of the things that you habitually eat throughout the week and... How can you save money with buying bulk items, bulk ingredients for those things that you eat on a regular basis? So super great point, Nathan. Uh, Making sure you're aware of your time as well, investing in your time. I know a lot of people use Saturdays as their meal prep days. And so they just cook everything that they need to eat for the week and then they put it in their fridge and then they eat it for the week during school because sometimes as college students, we don't have time to cook dinner every night. Mm -hmm. And so instead of you know, having to come home and make ramen for the fifth time in a row, <laughs> you can come home and have some leftovers that you made on Saturday, right? So that's a super, super great point, Nathan. 
I'm going to just tell you right now, there are some men who have never even thought about cooking on Saturday their entire week's meals. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually penny pinching right there. You'd even, you probably just slip that because you're like, of course you could do that. But there are some people who have never thought of that. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and one thing that um, my boyfriend and I do, we actually have uh, with his friends, we do a dinner every single Sunday and different people do the dinner each Sunday. And so that way... We're saving on a meal every Sunday as well, but we're also getting together kind of as a family, right? If you're not super um, enriched in your FHE, like if you're not as, you know, close with the people in your FHE group, plan stuff like that where you can, you know, on a, on Sundays, meet with your friends that are your best friends and then pick who's going to make the dinner for what night, you know? Um, and that helps save money as well. And it's cool because you can taste other people's cooking and teach other people how to cook because everybody's at a different level, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a super, super helpful way of doing that, yeah, saving I, money. I think you both have touched on something really important with budgeting is recognizing the patterns that you do have. Um, and that's why like a lot of times people will say like, like at the beginning of figuring out your budget is just seeing where you're spending your money and then budgeting accordingly. And also, you know, if you've, you notice you're investing a lot of that money in things that you really don't need, then you can adjust that. And so I think that reflection is huge with budgeting. And you and you just mentioned if you're investing things in things you don't need a lot, how often do we spend things? How often do we buy things for fun? What is a good way of divvying that money up? Right. How often should we do that? I think it depends on the price of um, whatever the fun thing is that we mm -hmm. want. Like if it's something that it's a little more pricey, we should maybe um, wait on however long that will fit into our budget, like two weeks or something like that. So basically what I'm hearing from you, Noah, is that we have like a specific number that we budget for a week for fun things. So say like $20, right? Yeah. $20 for fun things per week. If you decide to save that $20 for one week and then use it for the next week, then you have $40 for a fun thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a really great way of budgeting. Caitlin, how do you do that with fun stuff? I think, like he was talking about, too, of, of looking at the intensity of the thing, right? Like, I concerts and stuff are super fun, but they can be really pricey, right? I'm not going to be able to do that, like, every week or whatever and pay for the travel time. But you can plan on those type of things and save accordingly so that, you know, once a month or whatever it is, or once in a blue moon, you know, you can go and do those really fun things with your friends. And, and that, and that can be really fun to plan those kind of things with your groups and stuff. Um, and then, you know, I think sometimes I know for myself, I can have a really savers mentality and forget the fun things. And so remembering that like those things are needs that we have to spend time with friends or to get to know new people and stuff. And so I think it's totally reasonable to have, like you talked about that, like weekly thing that we're like, okay, this is going towards fun things, whether it is $20 or even $5, right? Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of Something. cheap things on campus that you can do. And there's things you can do for free for fun as well. Exactly. Um, and sometimes I think we get stuck in that too, where we think we have to pay to do something fun when there's a lot of options of things that you can do that aren't as pricey or don't cost anything like board games. You know, that's an investment that can last a while or, you know, just going for walks or doing different things. Those can be things that are free and easy that, that can still have that quality time with friends. And so I think that balance of looking for things that are cheap and and free even, and then also just having that that money set aside, set aside for those fun things that you can, you know, 
spend and save accordingly for the bigger things or different stuff like that. I this, absolutely agree. That that get, that gets onto something that I've been thinking about. We've been kind of dancing around it, right? The balancing of a budget. Mm-hmm. What what is accounting? <laughs> like uh, I took one accounting class uh, here at BYU Idaho. We have a great accounting department. Uh, what we look, what we're looking at is something. And if you hate accounting, get ready. We're talking about <laughs> assets, liabilities, and equity. Okay, you need to balance it by saying, what are my assets? What are my liabilities? And what are my equity? Because it's supposed to be equal on both sides. It's like assets equal equity plus liabilities. The reason for that is because of uh, what is your money going to? There are th- there are factors that you're spending on things that are out of your control, and there are things that you're spending that you're, are in your control. Examples of things that are out of your control are things like your health, for a lot of people. Uh, inflation, you can't afford. I mean, that's not your fault. You didn't, you didn't cause inflation by yourself. You're, and if you're unemployed, that's also not your fault. Uh, you, you have accidents. You'll have rainy days. You'll have issues that will just come out of nowhere. Um, and so a lot of uh, budget specialists will basically say, you need to have at least $1,000, just like sitting around. Now, I don't know any college student who talks about how they have a $1,000 like backup budget, right? <laughs> but that is what people say to prepare for is like, if you have like a crazy thing happen to your life, if you don't have any money saved up, you're, you're SOL, right? Like you're in, yeah. you're in trouble, you're in deep trouble. Uh, and so like having it stored away should be a part of that extra amount of money that you're making off of whatever you're making money off of. You need to have an idea of like, okay, all of my money, there's not a single bit of my money of, that's like extra money. All of it has a purpose. And a that plan. can, exactly. And that can include the fun thing that you're planning for. Some of it's going to go into savings. Some of it's going to go into my rent. Some of it's going to go into my fun. But it all has a name on it. You could, you could even say like you're putting like dollars into these envelopes and you're writing on the, on the envelope, where is this going? And you never use that money for anything else other than that. And every dollar in your account should have purpose like that. And if you get a different paycheck every single time because you work different hours every single time, then that budget day should be the day you get your paycheck. And then you know exactly how much you have, and then you can put those dollars in the right envelopes, right? Absolutely. Exactly. And then if you're married or if you're, you know, budgeting with roommates, do that budget at the same time together and communicate where things are going because that will help you save in the long run. Um, And having that rainy day fund, like Nathan was saying, where – hey, sometimes, you know, the car breaks and you have mm-hmm. to get it fixed. And sometimes that's $700 and you got to have that money because you need that car to get to your work and to get more money. Right? Exactly. Um, yeah. It's just a whole thing. So having that rainy day fund, also having your savings um, for saving for other things, um, having a separate spots where you can save those monies for separate reasons will help you in the long run. And this will help you lower your anxiety. I'm going to say that just off the bat, if you know where your money's at and how your life is in order, you will sleep better at night. You'll probably have a clean room. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you're going to feel pretty comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. I had a friend in high school who would always run his gas on low. Okay. This guy had a a old truck and he would always be running that on E. (laughs) It was so stressful. And he lived with that stress for most of high school. But the second he started, like, actually just, like, saying, no, I should never let it go below, I should never let it go below halfway, because I I, I could go on trips, who knows what could could happen, like, an emergency. If I have no gas, I don't have a car, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Effectively. And so, in emergency situations, he can sleep better, and he actually, later on in life, ended up saying, like, yeah, I realized, like, I was living with a lot of extra unnecessary anxiety, because I was not being efficient with my 
like life with my money, with like what I was putting resources into because I wanted to scrape by with things. That is not a way to, that's not, that's not a sustainable way to live. You're going to live, you're going to sleep better at night if you know where your money is and where it's going and where your future money is going to go. And that yeah. confidence. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. Just it don't. sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's really, really hard. It really is. One thing we haven't mentioned though, um, and this of course is a spiritual podcast so that we like to mention some things that are spiritual uh, when it comes to finances, tithing. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure tithing is a priority because tithing can really help the church. It can help other people. It can help you. I know there are so many times where I've been blessed in my life because I was paying tithing, right? And on the days when I had rainy days and I didn't have a savings, God was able to swoop in and help me because I was paying tithing, right? Um, And so I feel like that needs to be a huge priority in our lives is making sure that tithing is getting paid before everything else Mm -hmm. because that is important, should be our number one top priority, right? Yeah. I think it really does add to that confidence that we were talking about earlier, where if you know where your money's going, right? But like, I know for me personally, the times that I have consistently and regularly really focused on making sure my tithing was happening every time I got the paycheck, right? Rather than like, sometimes there's moments in your life you might do it in bulk, right? Where you're like, okay, these two weeks, right, I pay my tithing. But when I was doing it really regularly, I found that I had a lot more confidence and I felt secure in my relationship with the Lord, right? And just like, okay, I, I put my 10% and now I have all the, you know, my 90% to do, do what I will with. And it just, I don't know, I just don't know how else to describe that besides just confidence that you feel when you pay tithing and know that you're fulfilling that commitment and that you're putting that little effort forward. It's, it's just very comforting for me. It very much is. And I don't know if, if you guys have specific stories of when you've been blessed. I have one I'd love to share. But I, right before I came out here to BYUI, I was working at a grocery store. I had a car. Um, but the car, this I got it when I was young, and it was really bad. It was a bad deal for me. I was paying like 400 a month on it. It was awful. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, it, I actually got rear-ended um, with that car. And because it wasn't my fault, the insurance was able to pay for pay off my loan, basically. So I didn't have this car going into college that I would have to pay $400 on every single month. Not only that, though, um, during that time period, I was trying to save but struggling for school. And I knew that I wasn't going to have that much of a nest egg coming into school. And I was just really, really worried that I was not going to be able to get the things that I needed, not going to be able to afford the plane ticket that I needed, you know, and things like that. But I was just praying because I knew I wanted to come to BYUI and I knew it was good for my spirit and I knew it was what I wanted. Um, And throughout the whole time I was paying my tithing because it's important to me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And at the very last minute, like the week before I had to go, um, an insurance check came to me from that car accident that had happened like three months before three months before. And that, that insurance check paid for my groceries when I got here. It paid for the things that I needed in my apartment because when you go on a plane, you can't take all of your things. And so when I got here, I had a lot of things I had to buy for my apartment. And that, that insurance check came that week, right before I needed to leave. And I, I can bear my testimony. That was because I was paying my tithing. God made that timing perfect for me. And it also helped provide a computer for me for school that I was able that I've been able to use for homework. So 
I fully 100 believe that that was God in my life helping me because of the consistency I had with paying my tithing. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I, ha- I, I don't have too much personal experience with like being, I guess, you know, you know, God coming in clutch for me uh, in that sense, except for in the case of my dad. My dad uh, was a small business owner, I think, before the, the depression of 2008. Um, and he was in this certain market that was, I think, uh, connected to the housing market, which was the market that crashed that caused the, the depression that happened. And no one knew it was coming. He didn't know it was coming. Mm-hmm. And he saw that his business was kind of struggling. There was, there was some things that were falling apart kind of at the seams and he had nothing left. And he's a story that he always tells us is like, we had nothing. We had, we, we were on our last land. We were living almost paid, like as close to paycheck to paycheck as like we could be comfortably. Um, that we were, it felt like we were about to lose everything. And I was on my last limb. So I went to my closet, closed the door and just pleaded with God um, that we could be all right, essentially. Um, and then that, you know, following Sunday, they pay tithing and some s- crazy stuff happened. Obviously, uh, essentially, they he left the business. I think he maybe even got bought by another business and he was able with that money to start working with another company that was associated on kind of another end of the housing market that was a safer place to be during the crash of 2008. And it saved our family. I'm pretty confident. Like single-handedly, we, we were never homeless. We were never like lost that. It was all because some crazy things happened. He, lost, he got a different job, right? With the same, like everything lined up perfectly. Um, but it was really miraculous. It was a, mir- it was a miracle. That's a wonderful story. Thank you, Nathan. Oh my gosh. It's wonderful to, <laughs> just to feel the spirit. If you could feel the spirit in this room, guys, mm-hmm. it's wonderful um, to hear all of those stories that we have. Do you guys have any that you'd like to share? Yeah, I feel like for me, um, with paying tithing, I feel like one thing that I, I definitely can, I feel like the, the job I got this last summer was because of that commitment to paying tithing. Um, it I just feel like it was a blessing for that commitment. I don't, I can't like necessarily say, oh, because I paid this tithing, you know, this job happened. But I can say that I feel like tithing is a sacrifice, right? And it's something that there are times where it can be really hard to pay tithing or it can feel like this burden. Um, But when we just do it, the Lord really does take care of our finances and in, in, in very miraculous and sometimes very subtle ways. And I have always been able to, you know, there's always that stress between semesters where you're looking for jobs or different things. And just knowing that, like, I have that confidence of that I'm paying that tithing. And I feel like the Lord just, every time I start getting stressed about finances, it just gets taken care of. Um, And that, that same thing happened this last summer where I was worrying about a job and nothing was really aligning right and then I got this nannying job and it turned out to be a huge blessing not only for me but for the family as well and I just feel like that and there were so many things that happened that made it clear that it was the Lord that lined that up and so I just know that when you do pay your tithing and you are making that commitment he he cares about your finances and he doesn't want you you know stuck or struggling or stressed and he will help you and he will come in and help in, in various ways. And sometimes it's not that miraculous, like, you know, I got this paycheck or, um, everything suddenly seems like it's, you know, 
better and I'm not like in the red zone, but it can, you can feel his help and support and that can make all the difference. And so I think that that's probably, I know that's not a specific story, but um, I just know that when you do make that commitment, he is there and he watches your finances and you, he can line up jobs and he can line up different situations that happen that can really help you out. I 100% agree. It's just sometimes you don't even know what's available to you. Mm-hmm. And God's just like, yeah, just look over here and it's right over there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he just helps you get through it because sometimes there's no other way except for to trust in the Lord and he'll give it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's the best way, right? So. You, yeah, you need to trust his plan first. Yeah. I would say that your plan is usually not the safest one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And sometimes we'll have this plan. We're like, yep, that's exactly what we need. And God's like, no, 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 no. Over here's what you need. You're thinking this is right, but no, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he's usually just that loving father. Not usually. He's always that loving father who's pushing you in the direction that you need to go. You've been listening to The Spot, a production of BYU-Idaho Radio. Today's hosts were me, Savannah Bewley, Noah Farley, Nathan Anderson, and Caitlin Tippetts. The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU-Idaho Radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. This episode was edited by me, Savannah Bewley, and Hayden Hahn. Producers were the hosts with supervision by Brandon Isle and Natalia Hepworth. Our theme music is Finding Happiness by DJ Quads and The Perpetual Ticking of Time by Artificial Music. To listen to more episodes of The Spot, like and follow us on social media or visit our website, byui.edu radio and click podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to BYU-Idaho Radio Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get podcasts. And also leave a review of the show and leave a comment on what we should talk about next.